Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive into today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so excited that you are here this morning. And if this is your first time here, hello and welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm super excited that you are here, whether you're here live or you're here on the replay. I am just happy and excited that you are here. And we read the Bible here, y'all. And we read a chapter of the Bible every single day. And today we will be reading Joshua chapter seven. So if that sounds like something that you are interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. Before we start, I want to ask a question of all those that are here or all those are here live or on the replay. If you would please share this video, you never know, share it on your social media platform, share it in text message. You never know somebody um, that you know may want to join in. So please share the video because you never, you never know. All right, before we start, I want to go ahead and say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live this morning. I always get so excited to see you guys on YouTube and in the app. I'm like, woohoo, you guys have no idea. This morning was really hard for me to just wake up. I was so tired. Um, but I'm like, oh, I get to study the Bible with my sisters. So that gets me up. It really does. It gets me up and gets me excited, even though it's kind of early. And I want to be in bed sometimes. All right. But good morning, Nydia. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Nataya. Good morning, Colina. Good morning, Brickell. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Talia. Hey, sis, it's so good to see you this morning. Good morning, Lashana. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Barb. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Kai. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bella. Good morning, Nyler. Good morning, Miss Margaret. And y'all know who's been on my heart. If you're watching this on the replay or if you're going to come in at some point, sis, you've been on my heart. It's April. Um, so if you guys could just join me in a real quick prayer. Um, for April. She's just been on my heart these past couple of days. Um, so Father God, we just lift up April. Lord God, we just pray that you continue doing the work that you've been doing in her heart, Lord God, and we pray that she is well. Father, we pray that she knows that she's loved and that she's cared for by you um, and that she is, she is seen and recognized even by us as her sisters, um, Lord God. And I just pray Father, that whatever that she may be going through, Lord, that she knows that you are right there with her in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me in prayer for our sister. She has been on my heart. And April, if you're watching this, um, if you're on the replay, or if you're coming in a little bit later, uh, you've been on my heart, sis, and I pray you are well. 
Shelly, good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Latrice. So excited to see y'all this morning. Good morning, Janice. So excited to see y'all this morning. All right, guys. So we are jumping into, we are going to be jumping into uh, Joshua chapter seven. But before we do that, we need to go ahead on and start with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning? Amen. What are you grateful to God for this morning? Nidia says, God bless you, April. We love you. Yes, we do. We love you. Amen. April and Emma and Tamika and just all the names, Charity Lynn and oh, it's just all the names of some of the names I miss seeing. You guys might be here on the replay. Maybe I just don't know, but I miss y'all and I love y'all and I pray you all are well. Um, amen. Shannon says, grateful that God blessed me with the money to get rid of bats that have been residing behind my bedroom. Woo! My goodness, praise the Lord. Get rid of the bats that have been residing behind my bedroom wall. First morning, not being woken up by hearing bats flying back into my home. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord for God dealing with that situation because I, whoo, bats. Oh my goodness. Praise God um, that you, that he uh, provided the finances to be able to deal with that situation. Hallelujah. Bella says, I'm grateful to be up Thanks for his blessing and his favor for today. Amen. Amen. Janice is grateful for all the ways God uses you and other women to speak uh, uh, for, of God to speak into my life. Amen. Miss Margaret is grateful for being here this morning. We are grateful you are here. Raquel says, I'm grateful that I can give everything to God and that he cares about me. Amen. Joanne says, grateful for all of God's blessings. Hallelujah. Brandy says, I'm grateful for God's grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Lilith says, I am grateful to God for protection throughout the night and waking me up this morning for another great Bible study with you all. Amen. Kalina says, it was, I was at my cousin's 22nd birthday and I'm so grateful her aunt got out all these photographs and stories. I loved it. I'm thankful for old photographs and family trees, the good and the bad. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, family is so beautiful. Like it's the people that God has divinely placed us in connection with. We had no, we had no, um, we couldn't choose these people, right? We were born into these families. And so even the bad and the good and all of that, um, and uh, it's just, it's just so interesting to watch what God does in families. It really is. Um, Audrey says, I'm grateful for this Lenten season, a season of cleansing and purging. Yes, it is. Amen. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for the good and bad situations in my life. Ooh, when you start thanking God for the bad situations, come on, you know, God has done a change in our life when we begin to see him even in the valleys of our lives and not just on the mountaintop. So God is so awesome. Amen. Natias is grateful for the push. Come on, grateful for the push. Hallelujah. Good morning, Dr. Marina. Glad to see you. I know our time change made your time even earlier. So I'm grateful to see you this morning. Latrice says, I'm grateful to God for my husband. I got an extra hour of sleep this morning. He picked up our daughters from the from um from her graveyard shift for me when he's off. Amen. Heidi said, uh, Shanda, I've been there, done that, the whole series of, uh, and then a whole series of rabies shots too. Oh my goodness, bats. We're still talking about these bats. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I just, I can't imagine. Anastasia says, praying for my husband, cousin Nora, who had kidney disease and needs a transplant that will cost a lot. Praying God sends help and heals this young lady. Father God, we lift up Nora, Lord God, to you. Lord, you know her, Lord God, and you're with her. Father, we ask that you touch her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, from her right fingertips to her left fingertips, and that you heal her, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father God. And that, Lord, if the, if the kidney is what she needs for the healing that you provide, Lord, we pray that you make a way for the kidney, Lord God. And if you want to heal the kidney miraculously, we pray for that too, Lord God. We just pray, Lord, um, for her healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Nidia says, I'm grateful God is faithful. Amen. I'm getting a continual tug in my heart on how to help young single moms. Amen. Meditating and praying as well as listening to God. How will it look like trusting God? Amen. And let us know, Nidia and Faith Mamas, what we can do. Um, and if you are a single mom and you have ideas on how we can support and Faith Mamas and how Nidia may be able to support as well, please let us know in the app. We would love to, to um, develop something and support moms. So yeah. Amen. Heidi says, grateful ba uh, baby finally slept through the night. Amen for sleeping through the night. Ellen says, grateful God, let me wake up this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all, we are getting ready to pray in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter seven. And can I tell y'all what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for studying the book of Joshua with you ladies. I'll be honest, there's certain books of the Bible that are very hard for me. Joshua is a hard read for me. There's a lot of war, there's a lot of killing, and I'm just like, uh, like it's very hard for me. But to be able to read the scriptures with a group of women that can show all the different facets of God and his character and how he's moving and working throughout the scriptures, it is so awesome. For me, And if you're anything like me, where you read a book like Joshua, where there's a lot of killing at the beginning, there's a lot of war, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that, and it makes you cringy, um, I pray that you would even use that to learn even more about God. Use that to learn even more about God. I think a lot of times we try to learn only the parts that we like and, oh, that we agree with, right? And I pray, um, I pray that we actually take the time to really know him, right? Not just what we want him to be, but who he truly is and how he shows up throughout scripture, throughout the world and in our life. Um, so I, I am grateful for reading this book with you ladies. I am grateful. So, so, so grateful. Amen. Uh, Francesca says, grateful to be alive for the very first time. Hey, sis, glory be to God. So excited that you are here. We are grateful you are here. Nidia says, how did it go, Dominique, with your son in the new school? So my son got accepted to two schools, and we were trying to determine which one um, he would go to in the fall. And we were doing a dry run yesterday to the school that I really liked, y'all. I'll be honest. I really liked the school um, out of the two. It was probably my favorite. Uh, but God did show me uh, that that school was very far and would actually interfere with some things that he's called our family to do. So I had to let go of my my personal first choice in order to follow God. And I'm trusting that even in my second choice, um, that God will still be with my son 
Um, it's still a really good school, uh, but that God will be with my son and God will be faithful there. And there's got to be a reason why he's sending him to this, this second choice school, even though I was like, no. <laughs> so uh, praise God. So that's how it went yesterday. So thank you so much for checking up on me and my son. All right, y'all, we are getting ready to pray in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter seven, Joshua chapter seven. Woohoo! All right, let's go ahead and pray. Don't let me stop your praise, though. If you still got a praise and you got to let it out, let it out, sis. Don't hold it in. Let it out. All right. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for this opportunity. God, I just thank you, Lord. You saw me, God, this morning trying to get out the bed. I was struggling. But Father, I thank you for the energy. I thank you um, for being able to study the Bible with my sisters. I thank you for this time and how amazing it is. And Lord, I thank you that we just get excited because you constantly show up every single day. You show us something new, something different. And Lord God, we are so grateful. Father, I, I pray that as we go into Joshua chapter seven, that you would help us, that you would help us to truly see you, Lord, that we that you would help us to move past our preconceived notions of who you are and how you handle things, to truly see you and to understand you. I pray, Lord God, that we um, that we see you in a way that that you truly are, Lord, that the, the parts of the story that are harder for us don't throw us into a place where we are hard on who you are. And I pray that the parts of the story that are encouraging for us don't throw us into a place where we inflate certain things about your character. Father, I pray that you would help us to see you clearly in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Where you lead, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jessica says, I'm grateful that God is so good. Thinking of how sovereign he is, he can do whatever he wants, but he saw fit to send us a redeemer. He gave us a choice, a good choice. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. All right, y'all, we are getting ready to jump into Joshua chapter seven. If this is your first time reading the Bible with us, we read the chapter two times. The first time I encourage you to just soak it in, kind of get a picture of it in your mind. The second time, feel free to take out your highlighters, your pens, highlight and underline keywords, things that are sticking out to you. Then we'll move into a time of personal reflection where you can just kind of reflect with God and then we'll come into a time of corporate reflection. So if that sounds good to you, you are absolutely in the right place. I will be reading from the CSB translation. Somebody asked me recently, why do I read from that translation? It's because it's a word for word translation um, and it's easier to read. Um, and so that's kind of why I use this translation. But again, any other translation that you have available to you is awesome. So use the translation that you have as well. All right, here we go. Joshua chapter seven. Joshua chapter seven. The Israelites, however, were unfaithful regarding the things set apart for destruction. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of what was set apart. And the Lord's anger burned against the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and told them, go up and scout the land. So the men went up and scouted Ai. After returning to Joshua, they reported to him, don't send all the people, but send about 2,000 or 3,000 men to attack Ai. 
since the people of Ai are so few, don't wear out all our people there. So about 3,000 men went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of them and chased them from outside the city gate to the quarries, striking them down on the descent. As a result, the people lost heart. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening, as did the elders of Israel. They all put dust on their heads. Oh, Lord God, Joshua said, why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites for our destruction? If only we had been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. What can I say, Lord, now that Israel has turned its back and run from its enemies? When the Canaanites and all who live in the land hear about this, they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. Then what will, do, what will you do about your great name? The Lord then said to Joshua, stand up. Why have you fallen face down? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things with their own belongings. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They will turn their backs and run from their enemies because they have been set apart for destruction. I will no longer be with you unless you remove from among you what is set apart. Go and consecrate the people. Tell them to consecrate themselves for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are things that are set apart among you, Israel. You will not be able to stand against your enemies until you remove what is set apart. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord selects is to come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord selects is to come forward family by family. The family the Lord selects is to come forward man by man. The one who is caught with the things set apart must be burned along with everything he has because he has violated the Lord's covenant and committed an outrage in Israel. Joshua got up early the next morning. He had Israel come forward tribe by tribe and the tribe of Judah was selected. He had the clans of Judah come forward and the Zerite clan was selected. He had the Zerite clan come forward by heads of families and the Zabdi, Zabdi was selected. He then had Zabdi's family come forward man by man and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was selected. So Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel and make a confession to him. I urge you, tell me what you have done. Don't hide anything from me. Achan replied to Joshua, it is true. I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I did. When I saw among the spoils, a beautiful cloak from Babylon, five pounds of silver and a bar of gold weighing a pound and a quarter, I coveted them and took them. You can see for yourself. They are concealed in the ground inside my tent with the silver under the cloak. So Joshua sent messengers who ran to the tent and there was a cloak concealed in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from inside the tent, brought them to Joshua 
and all the Israelites and spread them out in the Lord's presence. Then Joshua and all the all of Israel with him took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the cloak, and the bar of gold, his sons and daughters, his ox, donkey, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought us trouble? Today the Lord will bring you trouble. So all Israel stoned them to death. They burned their bodies, threw stones on them, and raised over them a large pile of rocks that still remain today. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, the place is called the Valley of Acre still today. Let's read this chapter one more time. Let's read this chapter one more time. Joshua chapter seven. The Israelites, however, were unfaithful regarding the things set apart for destruction. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of what was set apart and the Lord's anger burned against the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and told them, go up and scout the land. So the men went up and scouted Ai. After returning to Joshua, they reported to him, don't send all the people, but send about 2,000 or 3,000 men to attack Ai. Since the people of Ai are so few, don't wear out our people there. So about 3,000 men went up there, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of them and chased them from outside the city gate to the quarries, striking them down on the descent. As a result, the people lost heart. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until the evening, as did the elders of Israel. They put dust on their heads. Oh, Lord God, Joshua said, why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites for our destruction? If only we had been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. What can I say, Lord, now that Israel has turned its back and run from its enemies? When the Canaanites and all who live in the land hear about this, they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. Then what will you do about your great name? The Lord then said to Joshua, stand up. Why have you fallen face down? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things with their own belongings. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They will turn their backs and run from their enemies because they have been set apart for destruction. I will no longer be with you unless you remove from among you what is set apart. Go and consecrate the people. Tell them to consecrate themselves for tomorrow. For this is what for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There are things that are set apart among you, Israel. You will not be able to stand against your enemies until you remove what is set apart. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the Lord selects is to come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord selects is to come forward family by family. The family the Lord selects is to come forward man by man. 
The one who is caught with the things set apart must be burned along with everything he has because he has violated the Lord's covenant and committed an outrage in Israel. Joshua got up the next early the next morning. He had Israel come forward tribe by tribe and the tribe of Judah was selected. He had the clans of Judah come forward and the Zerite clan was selected. He had the Zerite clan come forward by heads of families and Zabdi was selected. He then had Zabdi's family come forward man by man and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Dara of the tribe of Judah was selected. So Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel and make a confession to him. I urge you, tell me what you have done. Don't hide anything from me. Achan replied to Joshua, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I did. When I saw among the spoils, a beautiful cloak from Babylon, five pounds of silver and a bar of gold weighing a pound and a quarter, I coveted them and took them. You could see for yourself. They are concealed in the ground inside my tent with the silver under the cloak. So Joshua sent messengers who ran to the tent and there was a cloak concealed in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from inside the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites and spread them out in the Lord's presence. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold, his sons and daughters, his ox, donkey and sheep, his tent and all that he had and brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought us trouble? Today, the Lord will bring you trouble. So all Israel stoned them to death. They burned their bodies, threw stones on them, and raised over them a large pile of rocks that remain still today. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, that place is called the Valley of Achor. Still today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to read your scriptures. We thank you, Lord God, that these scriptures have been translated into a language that we can understand. And Father, as we move into a time of reflection, we ask you, Lord, that you would show us yourself, that you would show us your heart, Lord God, and that you would help us to see you throughout this. Father God, we pray that you would walk us through and show us what it is that you want us to see, highlight the key words and phrases that you want us to see and the parts of the story that you want us to truly understand. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise, and we ask you to have your way during this time of personal reflection and corporate reflection. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, let's take a few moments to personally reflect on Joshua chapter 7, and then we'll come back and reflect corporately. Here we go.
All right. Whoo. That chapter was heavy. Just a little background, just in case you weren't with us when we read chapter six and you're like, what in the world is going on? Just want to give a little background. So in chapter six, this is when they conquered the city of Jericho and God told them to burn everything, destroy the entire city. The only ones that were spared were the one where Rahab and her family because she chose to hide the spies. She chose God's side and all. And yesterday we talked about how God gave the city of Jericho warnings and we could see that God had given the city of Jericho warnings. They knew that the Lord of Israel was on his way, um, but they chose to try to fortify themselves inside the city thinking maybe that would that would protect them from God um, as opposed to just, as opposed to choosing a side or leaving the area or anything like that. So anyway, they destroyed the city and um, God told them, don't take anything. Don't take anything from here. Don't take anything from here because everything from here is set apart for destruction. So don't take anything. Now here we have Achan who is like, ooh, but that cloak though and that gold though, no one would know. I'm just going to take it. And that is where we are right now in this story. And we're seeing how the, the sin of Achan um, impacted the nation, but also impacted his family. Uh, Janice says, God takes sin seriously. Our need for a savior is great. Our need for a savior is great. Whew. CJ says verse two. Joshua sent from sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is in Bethaven, east of Bethel, and told them, go up and scout the land. So the men went up and scouted Ai. Come on. She said, CJ said verse, uh, okay, let me go back to verse two. So CJ said verse two, this hits me because they made a whole plan about what they were going to do with the city of Ai without talking to God. Whole plan. <laughs> they didn't talk to God about it. They just assumed, we good. Let's take less people. And they were shocked when their people came back running and, and they lost the battle. They're like, whoa, whoa, what up? What happened? Then they wanted to talk to God after the fact. Um, but they made a whole plan based on what they what it looked like and their own strength and things like that. Oh, my goodness. CJ said verse 24 through 26 was hard to read because of sons, daughters and animal die, animals all died because of Aiken's disobedience. Yeah. Raquel says verse 10, God's attitude toward us complaining about our troubles when we are the ones who caused the problem through disobedience was an eye opener. His response is so parent-like and I kind of chuckled because I could literally see God rolling his eyes. So this is the part where Joshua is on his knees and it's like, God, why? Why did you let this happen? Oh. And the Lord says, stand up. Verse 10, stand up. Why have you fallen face down? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant and I, that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was, was set apart. God's like, what do you expect? But unfortunately, Joshua didn't know that the sin had happened. Why he did, why didn't he know? Because he didn't ask God before he went 
and sent people to Ai. He didn't ask God. So there was there was a lot of death that happened in this chapter, and a lot of it had come down to Joshua didn't ask God before he sent men into battle because he just assumed, yeah, God's on our side. We good. We good. I don't have to consult him every time. And then they lost 35, I think they said 35 men. And then we have Aiken, who's like, I can take this. Nobody will know. I can take this. And because of that, more people died. It's it's hard. But even through it, you kind of see, like Janice was saying, the seriousness, the severity of how God sees sin. And we see that throughout scripture. And because we are, you know, post Jesus and we are grateful for Jesus and we're like, oh, Jesus died for us and thank you, Lord. But when we see the severity of how God actually sees sin and how much it impacts things, it should show us what really is going on. Sometimes we take for granted the work of Jesus Christ, why he did what he did, because we don't, we shy away from the Old Testament. We shy away from the severity of these things. Anastasia said, I'm like, why didn't God just spare his children and kill only Achan? See, these are all the uncomfortable things of the scripture And when we ask that question, I pray that we seek the answer for real, right? Because a lot of times, I'll be honest, there have been a lot of times where I've, unfortunately, I've judged God. I've asked the question, but didn't really want an answer. I'm like, man, why did you, why did you kill the kids? Like, so in my, in outside, it sounded like a question, but inside it was a judgment. Why would you, you shouldn't do that. There should be no reason. Because in my mind, there is no reason. But let us ask the question and really ask the question, no matter how uncomfortable it is, because it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Let us really ask the question and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. Nidia says, I'm reading my study Bible, chapter seven, verse four through seven. The path to despair is clear in this experience of Joshua AI. It begins with overwhelming defeat. Defeat brought discouragement. God offered recovery. Mm. Donita said, verse one, the tribe of Judah stood out to me. Yup. So this is Jesus's tribe, right? The tribe that Jesus came out of. Achan is a part of that tribe. Um, The tribe of Judah was the ones that Achan was a part of. Latrice says, yeah, the warning was pretty specific too. That is unbelief, which is what sin stems from. You know, I wrote with Aiken and I wrote this. And again, there's so many things that that still I still wrestle with in Joshua. But this is what I wrote. I said, you can't serve God and mammon. We learn in the New Testament, mammon is the spirit that sits over money. It's greed, pretty much. You can't serve God and serve greed, right? You can't serve God and serve greed. Then this is exactly what Aiken was doing. It was like, I'm not in here. I'm not in this for God's will. I'm in this for what I can get out of it. I'm not in this for God's plan. I'm in this for what I can get out of it. I'm in this for the 
blessings and the money. The interesting thing about it is to Aiken, the beautiful cloak and the, the beautiful, all the gold and all the stuff might have looked like a blessing to him. Why? Because in his mind, a blessing was money. A blessing might have been financial. And, and he, so he took it because of what he believed that these things could offer his life. Let's be real. He took it because of what he thought these things could offer his life. But God called these things cursed. And he said that they have to be burned, right? He called these things cursed. And he said these things had to be burned. And I thought about all the ways that sometimes we look at financial things as a blessing, no matter what. It's like, yeah, this new house is a blessing. Yeah, this car is a blessing. Yeah, this is a blessing. Yeah, this is a blessing. Why? Because we have attributed blessing to wealth and finances. But what if the thing that we are like, like Aiken said, what if the thing that we are coveting, what if the thing that we are coveting is not what God wants us to have at all? And what if we know it? And we still go after it. It's easy to see Aiken and say, Aiken, come on, man, you knew. You knew that this stuff was, was, you knew what God said, Aiken, come on. But some of us, God said, don't take on that debt. You knew. Right, and some and, and sometimes we will oh we will we'll be like ah to what God is showing us why because we want what we want and in that moment our wants and our greed have now become our God our wants and our greed have now become our God. And unfortunately, when your God fights against the God, who's going to win? Right? Is, is, is the God that I'm truly following, in this case, Aiken was truly following his greed and all that he wants. So that's his God, what they would call the spirit of mammon. That's his God at this point. This is who he's chosen. He's chosen this God in hopes that nobody would see, but he that is who his heart has chosen. And we don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes. We don't know how he's taught his children. We don't know. But anyway, we know that's who he chose. He chose the, the spirit of mammon, greed that rests on money and all those things. Will that God protect you? Because sometimes we think it will. If we amass enough money, yeah, I'll be protected. If we amass enough wealth, oh yeah, I'll be protected. We create this false narrative that I, this, this I will be protected. And guess what? This is the same mindset that the children of Israel that died in the wilderness had. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to do me because I don't know if this God is going to truly do what he said. I'm going to make sure I'm good and my family is good. And I don't know. I don't have to rely on him to do his thing. I'm going to take care of me. But the problem with that mindset is, is it puts you in direct opposition with God. 
it puts you in direct opposition with God. And some of us can attest to the fact that maybe we've been in a situation where we've been in direct opposition with God, because we've got to be honest about it, right? We've been in this place where we've been in direct opposition with God. And guess what? Life got hard. I've done it. I knew God didn't, I knew God didn't want me to take out that debt and I took it out anyway. And it was hard. The, all the stuff we're trying to amass can't save us. It can't, it won't. And when it stands up against God and his will and his way, it will fail. It's hard. It's a hard reality because you're like, oh my goodness. But the, the, the imagery here, and even though we know it's more than imagery and we know it's hard to read, but the imagery here is that the God I choose to serve will impact my family. It will impact the, the, the community I'm in. It will. Whether we want to believe it, whether we think it's just between us, it's not. Come on. Barb says, try not to get stuck on punishment. I've heard most of my life, religion, you must have done something or not. Lord, help us see Christ in this journey. Come on. And let, let's, let us be understanding of this. So it's easy to sway to the right or to the left when it comes to punishment, right? It's easy to be like, oh, everything I did is a consequence of a punishment. And then it's easy to swing to the other side and like, no, God is not like that. He doesn't do that. So it's easy to swing. So what is the sobering reality here? Number one, God will let you know what you should and shouldn't do. If he hasn't let you know, and if you didn't know it, it's not a punishment. It's not a consequence. It's only a consequence when you know. God will let you know what you should and should not do, right? It's number one. Number two, God will let you know what the consequence of that is. It's nothing more or nothing less than what he said. I've heard people say things like, oh, because I got, because I got pregnant out of wedlock, now I have cancer. No, that, that is, that's not, I, I know that's not possibly connected. The reason that I say that is because we have to understand that God will tell you what, what the consequence is. Unless he said to you, if you get pregnant out of wedlock, I'm going to give you cancer. right? Then that, that ain't it. So we have to understand, we have to understand this soberly. God will let you know, for me, I knew that taking out the debt, God was like, don't take out this debt. It's going to make it harder for your family. I knew that I understood what God had said. And I was like, eh, let me try my hand at it anyway. And guess what? It was harder for my family. And I prayed, God helped me, God showed me a way out, things like that. But the consequence, he will tell you the consequence or you will understand the gravity of the situation before you do it. God is not a God who just sneaks stuff up on you, right? It's not like, oh, you did this, so therefore you're getting some crazy unrelated unrelated punishment that you had no, no, you had no 
knowledge about. That's not how God works. So that's why we have to look at this soberly, right? We have to look at this soberly when we're talking about punishments. And then we also have to understand, then we also have to understand that there are times where we suffer because of what what um, we're doing for God. And it has nothing to do with a punishment. So again, we have to look at this soberly. Does it mean that punishments no longer exist because of Christ? No, that's not what that means. But praise the Lord for Jesus Christ that we can go and we can repent and God can show us a way out. But God will tell us if what we're doing is going to result in something else. So we have to understand that 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 God is clear. He doesn't do things ambiguously. Right? So for for me, I was I was doing the promiscuous thing in college and I knew the Holy Spirit was like don't do that. This is going to get you caught up. And I was just woo! Come on. And oh my goodness, the healing that had to take place after all that mess in college. But God taught, I knew, I knew. It wasn't like I didn't know. But if I were to say, oh, I was promiscuous in college and that must be why I'm going through these financial issues in my life now. That's not how God works. God doesn't sneak attack you with the punishment. That's not, and that's what we can see throughout the scriptures. He doesn't do that. He's not like, oh, remember when you was when you was promiscuous in, in college? That's why you're going through the financial problems you are. I told you not that God doesn't do that. He doesn't do sneak attack punishments. He doesn't do that. That's not, that's never been his character throughout the scripture. He's very clear. He's like, look, if you do this, this going to happen. What did he say about the cursed things? He said, look, all these things need to be destroyed. And if they are not, it will bring trouble. He didn't say, he didn't say, you know, all this other stuff. He he doesn't do sneak attack punishments. God never does that. So we can go ahead. We understand that about the character of God, right? We get that about the character of God. He doesn't be like, but you did this. And that's why I'm giving you kidney failure. He don't do that. Right. He doesn't he doesn't do that. And and he just doesn't do that. That's not how he operates. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, there's absolutely no consequence for the things that I do because I have Jesus. That's also not true. If the Holy Spirit has warned you and told you there's a consequence attached to this, there's a consequence attached to this. And we have to look at this soberly. Right. So I understand 100 percent what what. um what Barb is even saying here, because I, it, all of it, man, I'm going back up. This is good. This is so good. This is so good. Ooh, there's so many good comments that are this is so good. Bevy says, verse one, the Israelites were unfaithful regarding the banned thing. Verse seven, why then we don't understand a situation. We tend to blame the person who, who is the solution to the problem um, verse 10, the Lord said, Joshua, stand up. Right. So they, they went down and they blamed God. And why? Why? Why, God? Why are we struggling? And God's like, I told y'all. Like, if you see trouble, you should know from the last thing I said that this will bring trouble on you. I told y'all what would happen if this happened. Y'all just thought there was no way it could happen. 
Y'all assumed. There was no way it could happen. Y'all thought you were all good. You didn't come and, and, and connect with me first. Stand up, Joshua. He's like, stand up. Y'all over here thinking I left you. Is that in my character? I mean, come on, y'all done built a whole golden calf in the wilderness, Joshua. You remember that? I didn't leave you then. Stand up. You know I didn't leave you to be to be forsaken. There's a problem in the camp. There's a problem in the camp. And when we when we run into problems, and this is why I'm glad Barb said what she said, because this this hit me. When we run into problems, we have to ask ourselves, did God warn us about an incoming punishment? If God, look, if God didn't warn you about a punishment associated with anything that would look like this, then it's not a punishment, okay? If God didn't warn you about it, then it's not a punishment. So then if we're going through problems, we still have to seek the Lord about God, what is this, right? What's going on in my life? The thing, the thing that Joshua automatically concludes is that, uh, what did he say? Oh, Lord, why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites for destruction? If only we had be, been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. What can I say, Lord? Now Israel has turned its back from running from his enemies. When the Canaanites and all who live in the land hear about this, they will surround us and wipe out our name on the earth. Then what will you do about your great name? Joshua is going into this whole thing, but we do the same thing. When, when trouble comes our way, oh my gosh, God, are you gone? Where did you go? What's wrong? Da, da, da. And we could go into that. At least I have. But what happens when we stop and ask God, God, what's going on? What's up? What is it that I can't see here? And in some instances, like Joshua, he'll remind us of something he told us to do and we didn't do it, right? And we need to fix the obedience problem. In some instances, he will remind us of that. And then in some instances, he will say, this is the journey. This is the way you have to go. So this is why I say we have to take the whole Bible to understand the word. We have to take the whole Bible to understand God and how he works when trouble comes. Because we also have Joseph, right? Joseph went to, um, got sold into slavery. He got thrown into prison and he got, uh, and, and all these things happened to him. But was he being punished? No, this is why we've got to ask God, what's going on here, Lord? Joseph understood at the end, or, or when his brothers came, he understood that what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And this was the path I had to go to get to Egypt. It was a hard path, but this was just my journey. So when trouble comes, the response can't be, God, did you leave me? Come on. The response can't be, God, did you leave me? It it's, God, what am I missing? And he'll show us. Punishment, he'll only remind us of what he said. Remember with Joshua, he just reminded Joshua of what he already said about the punishment. Punishment isn't new. It doesn't just pop up. It's not how God does. It's not, he's not like, oh, I didn't tell you this, but yeah, you're being punished. 
I didn't give you any warning, but yeah, you're being, no, no, no. He'll point you back to the disobedience. Remember when I said this? I need you to clean that up. He'll point you back. And then sometimes you have no idea why you're in the problems. And he'll say, I'm taking you on a journey, right? And the problem is if we don't, if we don't go to God and ask him, the situations look the same. It just looks hard. So the, the, the position, the stance is, I know God hasn't left me. So God, what am I missing here? Right? Because they look, situations can look similar. Trials can look similar. It can look like this. That's what we have to understand about God's character. That's why when we read it, we read, why are we reading the scripture? To understand God's character. So that we don't continue to believe the lie that, oh, I did something. So therefore God is punishing me by giving me kidney failure. Unless God said that if you keep drinking, you're going to have kidney failure. Like he'll attach those things. He may have, or unless God said, I've never heard this. I've never heard God doing this, but I mean, he's God. Unless God said, if you have this babe, if you have a baby out of wedlock, or if you continue to be promiscuous, you're going to have kidney failure. Like, first of all, what? But unless God said that, he's not going to sneak attack punishment you. He doesn't do that. It's not his character ever. Even with all these nations that are going through what they're going through, you can see that God warned them for for a while, for generations. You can see this. And even you can see it through Rahab's story. God doesn't sneak attack, punish us. We don't have to assume, oh, is this a punishment? If whenever we do that and we're like, oh, is this a punishment? Am I being punished? Am I whenever we do that, if God didn't say it before it happened, that's not what it is. Come on. We've got to understand how God works. Is it a consequence of sin? Because some of the things, look, no matter Jesus is awesome, Jesus saves, but let me tell you, there's still consequences to some of the things we do. Does it mean that we're not saved? No, but there are sometimes there's still consequences. Come on. Hallelujah. Raquel says, Joseph was being set apart and God has to take him through a journey that he knew that only Joseph could go through and still be faithful in it all. Come on. But on, from the outside looking in, it could look like he was being punished for something. This is why we have to talk to God about this. Same thing with Job's friends. Job's friends assumed that Job done, had done something wrong. Sometimes we even teach that in the church. We're like, oh, like we always want to attach miss. Uh, we always want to attach pain to sin. Always, even we even read it into the Bible. We'll be like, oh, Joseph was prideful. That's why he had to go get the pride broken out of him. The, the Bible don't say that. But we always want to attach anything that feels uncomfortable with punishment. The same thing with Job. I've heard it said where, well, Job was worried about his kids and he prayed all the time. And that's why Job went through what he went through. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Sometimes we just go through hard things. Because that's the direction, that's the journey God has us on. 
Our job is to not assume that this is a punishment if God didn't say it was a punishment. God doesn't sneak attack punish us. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Job's friends, they were like, oh, you must have done something. Go ahead and repent to God. Confess your sins. There's no way you could be going through all this hardship. You must have done something. Job's like, I didn't do anything. I really didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I don't know what I did. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you must have done something. Your life is hard. This is why we have to go to God and say, God, what am I missing? Why? Because we can confuse the two. We can confuse the two. Barb says, thank God for debunking consequences to action or to sin. Seek him first. Come on. Seek him first. And how can you tell if it's God or not? You know what the enemy does? He just makes up stuff on the spot. Oh, well, you did this. So this is why this is happening to you. And this is why this. Remember when you did this? Remember when you did this? This is why this happened to you. This is why this. God don't do that. If it's a consequence, he points you backward. This is what I said. Remember when I said this and that this would be the consequence. And this is what's happening. And thank God for Jesus because we have the opportunity to pray and to repent. And God can show us a direction. Right? God can show us the direction. But beware. And the, the, see, this is all about learning God's character. Because, I mean, y'all don't just take my word for it. Make sure that it's a pattern throughout scripture. If it's not a pattern throughout scripture and Dominic's talking about the side of her neck, throw it out. You hear me? Throw it out. But God will always tell us what the consequence is or that this will lead to consequence before we do it. And then when we seek him about it, Asking him, he will always point us to what he already said. God's consequences to us are not a mystery. So if we're trying to figure out why our life is hard right now, and we are randomly attributing it to random sins that we may have committed in the past and that we've repented from, but we're like, maybe that's why my finances, maybe that's why this, maybe that's why that. If you have to say maybe, if God didn't say it for sure, that ain't what's happening. That's what we have to understand. We constantly want to attribute, connect sin with discomfort and pain. And it's not always connected. But when it is connected, you will know before you do it. Achan knew before he took the stuff. Before. This was not a sneak attack. God does not sneak attack. And you don't have to sit there racking your brain trying to figure out if you're being punished. You will know because he already said it. Come on. 
you will know because he already told you. And praise God for Jesus because Jesus Christ, we can repent and Jesus Christ will lead us on a path. I'm not going to say it's going to be super comfortable. I'm not going to say that there might not be residual impact from what you've done, but I can say that Jesus leads us on a path of life. So we have to understand that, but we do have to understand just because we got Jesus doesn't mean that if God spoke a consequence, that that consequence doesn't exist. We can't say, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I hear, uh, I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit telling me not to get this debt. I feel like I hear, but I got Jesus. So Jesus is going to work it out. Can't do that. That's why I said we have to look at God soberly. We have to understand him soberly. And we have to look at the patterns throughout history. It's hard, but this helps us to understand who God is. Who God is. Come on. Carlina says, sometimes it is a natural consequence though. Yes, and guess what? With most of the natural consequences, we know. We know if we keep sleeping around there's a possibility we get pregnant. God don't even have to tell us. We know. We also know if we continue to sleep around, there's a possibility we get a sexually transmitted disease. We know these things. This is not, it's not a sneak attack. We know, right? We know. There's enough data to put, to put out there that we know that we know that to be the case. And we also know that God tells us not to do this. Right. We know we know as believers and some people might not know that God told them not to do this, but they they know the natural consequences. Like we know we know that if we go rob a bank. If we go rob a bank, there is a there is a strong possibility we get caught, convicted, arrested and no longer get to see our family. We know. This is why I said God doesn't sneak attack us. Even with natural consequences, we know. And this is how God works. If we continue to drink the way we're drinking, we know that it could impact our relationships and it could impact our body negatively. We know. We can't keep guzzling the alcohol and say, Oh, God, protect my body from any ramifications from this liquor. We know. And that's what that's what I what I pray that we understand is that that's how God works. Our punishments don't just come. It's not like, oh, wait, how is this even connected? We don't have to rack our brains. I was like. I told you. For some of us, it's fast food. You know, I mean, God has, has has given us so much research about what this fast food junk is doing to our bodies, what happens when you eat it, how it's not really food, how it's processed, how is this? We know, and we still drive through the drive through. So if we come to a place where our body responds to the food we've been putting in it. We can't say, God, you didn't tell us. No, no, no. We knew. We know. That's how God works. His punishments are never a sneak attack, ever. 
But this doesn't mean that consequences don't exist. Right? It doesn't mean that we get to just ignore God's consequences because we got Jesus. So we have to look at it soberly. We got to look at it soberly, not in a condemning way. Oh, God's going to sneak attack, get me. No, he's not. That's not his character. God's going to sneak attack me with this. No, he won't. He never, he doesn't do that. He doesn't have to. He's God. He's long suffering. What does long suffering mean? He will give you warning after warning after warning. But guess what it doesn't say? That he's forever suffering. Eventually, those things he's warning us about will catch up if we choose to keep doing what we're doing. Even with Christ, we got to realize that. We've got to realize that. So the the consequences of sin don't just disappear with Jesus. First, we've got to realize that. Because if God is saying, you keep doing this, this is going to happen. Take heed. Or if he says, don't do this, because this, take heed. But what God will never do is sneak attack punishment you. You don't have to sit around and wonder what it is. You don't have to sit around and wonder. Amen. You don't have to sit around and wonder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Brickelsa, you better preach, Dominique. That Mickey D's be getting us caught up. And we know it. I see some people doing time check. We don't have to do it today. (laughs) Because I got time. But we are gonna, we are getting ready to close. She said that Mickey D's be getting us caught up and we know it. And guess what? We still eating it. That's the problem that we see with Aiken. Oh, you think you could just you just hide the God's like, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep letting you know. Come on, Genesis, don't mistake God's patience with approval or turning a blind eye. Your sin will find you out if you don't repent. And that's the reality. Difficulty in life does not always mean that we've sinned. We have have Joseph, we have Job. We have Jesus Christ, we have Peter, we have Paul, we have the apostle Stephen, excuse me, we have Stephen, we have the apostles. They went through hard stuff and it didn't mean they sinned. We have the blind man. Everybody assumed he sinned because he was blind. And Jesus said, no, this is for God's glory to be. So we can erase the notion that hardships in life mean that you've sinned. That's not true. That's not biblically accurate. However, if God told you that a consequence is attached to your actions, then a consequence is attached to your actions. And there are some actions that we've done that are making our lives harder. So we can't always assume that difficulty in life comes from sin. However, 
There are some things we know because God has told us and we need to take heed. And we need to take heed. Janice and Aiken's confession is beautiful. It's a great example of what repentance looks like. One thing I think is missing from what Aiken said is he never said, I won't do this again. Lord, help me not to do this again. He said, this is what I did. I did it. But there was no evidence that he was going to turn from it the next time. He didn't run from it. He knew he did it. Praise God. What did he desire to turn? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Man. Belinda said, my grandma used to say, don't try to blame Jesus for what you justified. Stop it. <laughs> and pray for forgiveness. I used to think she was she was crazy, but it makes sense now that I'm older. Yeah. I pray that we realize through this hard story. I'm not even going, I don't, I don't like to pretend like things aren't hard in the Bible because they are. I don't like to pretend like there's things I don't understand because I don't, there's certain things I don't understand. And I'm just like, oh Lord. <laughs> Somebody used to say this to me, even when I'm reading hard stuff in the Bible. And we're about to go, I promise. <laughs> this is say, don't relinquish what you do know about God because of what you don't know. So what I do know about God is that God is on a mission to, recon uh, to, re to redeem and reconcile humanity back to him. I do know that. I know that. Beyond a shadow of doubt, I know that. I know that God is love. I know these things about him. But in this situation, I'm not really quite sure why he took out a whole family. But what the person taught me is like, keep what you know about God while you also maneuver through what you don't quite understand. But I pray that this lesson frees us, that it frees us to know that God will always give us pre-warning before we even do the thing. For punishment. We don't have to guess if if what we're experiencing is a consequence. However, if you sin, repent. I used to do this thing and God had to tell me he wasn't pleased with it. I used to say, Lord, forgive me for the sins I've committed knowing and unknowing. God had to get on me with that. He was like, no, I need you to be specific. I need you to be specific. Don't try to blanket me. God had to get me with that. Don't try to blanket me like you don't know what you did. 
Oh, Lord. Like you're trying to get some type of sin insurance. That's not how this works. If God convicts you, if God tells you that this is a sin, don't blanket. Oh, Lord, forgive me for what I did, knowing and unknowing, trying to cover all the sins. That's not how it works. God is saying, when I address you about a particular thing in your life, be willing to repent from that particular thing. Be willing to be specific about it and turn from it. Because that's how repentance works. Repentance isn't a blanket prayer that we pray to try to cover ourselves of all the sin that we ever committed in our life. No, repentance is, I know that when I did this, this was against God. I know it beyond a shadow of doubt. I'm not guessing. I know what I did was something that God does not did not like. And I'm going to repent for that thing. And I'm going to turn from that thing, asking the Holy Spirit to help me. We've got to understand. We've got to understand this. But then we've also got to understand that every hard thing we go through in our life is not evidence that God has left us and it's not evidence that we've sinned. Come on. Colina said it's like a general apology to someone. That doesn't work. What are you really sorry for? You know your kids come up, well, I'm sorry, mom. And you know they're not really sorry. You know they just want to get on with it so they could go play. I'm sorry, mom. What you sorry for? Oh, no. <laughs> and then you say, what'd you do? Well, and then they start getting understanding of, okay, this is what I did. And this is, this is what we have to understand. If God is telling us right now in this moment, hey, there's something that, that I've talked to you about and that's not okay what you did, right? God will let us know. We don't got to guess. We don't have to guess, right? He's not asking us to guess. He's not asking us to assume that he's left us because it's hard. What this scripture is really bringing to light is that the consequences of our actions are pre-known And we have a choice before we do it. And if we didn't have a choice before we did it, if we didn't have a choice before we did it, then God is not holding us responsible. That's what we have to understand. People are being held responsible throughout scripture. Why? Because they knew God's stance on it. And they did it anyway. We see people in the scriptures like uh, Jacob. He lied. But it was prior to him understanding the, uh, the Ten Commandments. There was no Ten Commandments. You get what I'm saying? God holds us responsible for what we know he has said. That's it. Come on, Brandy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that is, whoo, that's exactly it. And then God, he's repent. That's praise God for Jesus. Cause like repent, turn away from it and follow Jesus, right? Follow Jesus into life. When God brings us to, Hey, this thing needs to be dealt with. Repent, turn away from it. What does that mean? Don't do it no more. Holy spirit, help me not to do it anymore. Woo. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah.
God is good. I know we got to go. Oh, this is so good. I was wondering where God was going to go with this because I'm like, ooh, this is a hard chapter for me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jessica said, well, a lot of us have confessed, maybe even said we wouldn't do it again and have done it again. I encourage us to all ask for the Holy Spirit's help. All of us. We need God to help us. We can't do it on our own. Holy Spirit, help me to not do this again. Convict me before I even go down the path. Like, shake me up, Lord. Help me. Put, put, put things in my way. My heart desires not to do this again. But, Lord, I know that the flesh is weak. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. Bevy said, this chapter was challenging for me too, Dominique. Yeah, it's hard, especially the last couple of verses. I'm like, oh. But we get to see the character of God and how God works. And whenever we see pictures of the character of God, let us line it up with scripture and see how it plays out pattern-wise. Right? Let us line it up and say how it plays out pattern-wise. And if you don't know, because you haven't really read scripture and you're really new to understanding who God is, I encourage you to keep reading, taking notes so you can understand how God moves. Why? So that you won't be tricked into thinking that just because you're going through some hard thing, it must mean that you did something wrong. That's not how God works. And we'll see that throughout scripture. Keep coming to mornings with Jesus. Keep studying with us, right? Because you'll begin to see, oh my goodness, I see how God moves. I see how God works. I see how he does things. And I see that he continues to stay with his people, even in the midst of sin, even in the midst of all of this, he continues to stay. So I don't have to assume that just because I'm going through hard things that God has left me. So we're going to pray out, but I want to drive home these two things. Number one, God's punishments are never a sneak attack or the consequences, I should say, the consequence of sin is never a sneak attack ever. It's not how God rolls. The consequence of sin is not a sneak attack. Even people that don't know God understand the consequence of sin. If you sleep around a lot, there is a potential consequence attached to that, whether you know God or you don't. If you murder somebody, there's a consequence to that, whether you know God or you don't. God makes sure that we understand the consequence of sin. If you steal from your neighbor, there is a consequence to that, whether you know God or you don't. You understand, people understand sin. We understand there's a consequence to what we're doing. We understand that. We are in a a place in an age where we understand there's a consequence to sin. We might try to hide the consequence. We might try to pretend like the consequences don't exist, but there is a consequence. We might try to pretend like the consequences don't affect us, 
or that I'm not I'm not affected by you know I can sleep with whoever I want and it doesn't do anything I, I it doesn't affect my mind it doesn't affect it doesn't affect my body at all I'm fine okay these consequences aren't real it's just a construct of of da 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 we know the consequences before we engage in the actions. That's how consequence of sin works. Same thing with Adam and Eve. God didn't sneak attack them and be like, I forgot to tell you that if you eat this apple or if you eat this fruit, this is going to happen. I forgot to tell you. God doesn't do that. No sneak attacks. God don't do sneak attacks. He doesn't have to. He's God. He's God. He doesn't have to sneak attack you. So if you're sitting there fretting that maybe I'm going through a hard time because of something I did and you can't figure out what the thing is that you did and you're over here trying to make random lines. It's not God. God does not sneak attack punishment us. And, and the consequence is known before you engage in the action. Whether you really think about it or not, but it's known before you engage in the action. God's not, again, it's not, I slept around in college and now five years later, I'm dealing with diabetes. And I'm like, I'm probably dealing with diabetes because I slept around in college. Unless God said, when you were sleeping around, if you keep sleeping around, you're going to have diabetes. Unless he said that to you, that's not what's happening. Because God does not sneak attack, punish us. We've got to understand the character of God so we can so we can understand God when we go through life circumstances and challenges. Come on, Latrice said there's lots of unseen consequences. Yes, and even with the unseen consequences, we know it. We know it before we engage in it. We know. It's not, it's not a mystery. We know. Jessica said, don't ignore the warnings. She also says soul ties that comes with sleeping around. Yeah. Now we can go to Jesus. We can ask the Lord for healing. We can but first, we've got to confess. And we got to turn, be willing to turn back to God. Right? Hallelujah. 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 Anastasia said, with these studies, I know better and I'm doing better and praying to do better, especially in hard times. God is intentional. He is provided with all that we need. We only need to reach within to see. Yeah, and we also, please, don't walk away from this anxious of, did I sin? Did I sin? Did I sin? The comforting part is that God won't, God doesn't sneak attack you. He'll let you know. Before you do it, while you're doing it, and after you do it. (laughs) 
Dovey says, like Aiken, may God help us to understand that the consequence of our sin has far-reaching effects and often time hurts innocent people. He'll let us know before, during, and after the sin. We don't have to spend our time fretting about sin. Why? Because God will let us know. He'll warn us before we go on that path. Do you trust God to warn you? Do you trust God? If you do, you don't need to spend your time fretting. Trust God to warn you before you do anything crazy that will, will go against him. Trust God. Donita said, oh, we're going to end on this. My God. She said, confession helps me see me. Forgiveness helps me see God. Repentance helps me walk with God again. Confession helps me see me. Forgiveness, Christ gives that. Forgiveness helps me see God. Repentance helps me walk with God again. Oh, come on, there it is. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Woo! <laughs> Father God, we thank you. This was a hard chapter, Lord, but my God, it's amazing how we come here, Lord, with no notes, no sermon prepared, no none of that. And you just blow our mind every time. Lord, we're thankful. God, we pray that you help us to not fear sin, but trust you. Trust you follow you and trust you that if we get, if we're going down a path, you don't want us to go trust you that you will let us know. Lord, I pray that all the anxiety lifts up off our shoulders of trying to figure out, oh, am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? Am I in trouble? Lord God, I pray, Father God, that we don't walk around life wondering if we're in trouble every five seconds because life is hard. Father, I pray that we understand that if we are in trouble, you will tell us that it's not something we have to try to figure out and be anxious about. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to know you. And Father, give us the courage to repent to change our actions. Holy Spirit, help us to change our actions. Lord, allow us to be willing to even apologize to the people that we've wronged. Give us the courage to, to, to align ourselves with you. And Lord, we trust you that if there's something we're about to do that will not be pleasing to you, we trust you to tell us. And Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to choose God's side every time. Holy Spirit, help us that even though something on the, on the, the side of sin may look intriguing, it may look like something we want, Holy Spirit, help us to choose God's side. Help us to not choose the spirit of man and help us to not choose greed. Help us to not choose the other things that may look temporarily appealing. Help us, Holy Spirit, to choose God's side. 
And Father, if there was a time where we did not choose God's side and we knew that there was consequences involved, but we haven't repented yet, Lord, help us to repent today. Let us trust you to to forgive us and trust you to lead us down a new path. Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 We don't have to be anxious about this, sisters, and I pray that we understand that. We can trust God to let us know. We don't have to try to figure him out. That's where the anxiety comes from. We're trying to figure it out. Just trust God to let us know. The anxiety comes when we're trying to like, I don't want to go through any hard times. How do I get out of the hard times? No, no, just trust God. He'll let us know, right? Seek him, trust him, know him, spend time with him and trust him to bring to our remembrance anything that needs to be brought to our remembrance. We don't have to fret. We don't have to think he's going to sneak attack us and our life is going to be horrible. That's not how God works ever. Trust God. Trust God. He's not going to sneak attack us. I pray that whoever needs to hear it, that they that we hear it today. God is not going to sneak attack you. He won't do it. It's not who he is. It's not biblical. We don't see it throughout scripture. Amen. And there's some things we go through that are not a result of sin. It's just the path we have to take like Joseph. And it's hard. Okay. I love you guys. I'm so excited that uh, Erica's husband made it back safely. Praise the Lord. I love y'all. I pray that you had an awesome time the word with us today. If I could ask you to do me a favor, if you could go back to this video and write your major takeaways, I would love, love, love to read them. And I know that there's some people that may not sit through an hour and 30 minutes, about to be an hour and 31 minutes, (laughs) may not sit through all of that may read um, may read your big takeaway and um, I know it will bless somebody. Thank you Erica. Like, comment, share and subscribe um, and, and, and share this with somebody you never know. Maybe they need to hear you know how God deals with consequence of sin versus just difficulty in life. Um, I love you guys, and I pray that you have an amazing Wednesday, and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye for now. I told you God would show up. He always does. If today impacted your life in any way, would you consider giving a financial gift to Faith Mamas? That really helps us to continue to provide the Faith Mamas Tribe app for free, continuing to do Mornings with Jesus, as well as continuing to provide the absolutely free devotional guides. If this is something that God has laid on your heart, please go to faithmamas.org forward slash give. Your gift of any amount would really help this ministry 
continue to reach women for Christ. And don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Leave those comments of your big takeaways. We would love to hear from you. And lastly, don't forget to download the Faith Mama's Tribe app. If you're not there yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to build community right alongside you. And I'll see you next time for Mornings with Jesus.